Galaxy Defenders. It's Stephanie. And Sam. And you're listening to McCoo, an American podcast for McFly. In this podcast, we are discussing McFly's music. Uh, usually we focus on a single, but because we have already done the first four singles, or the only four singles, from McFly's first album, Room on the Third Floor, we decided that we would dedicate this extra special episode to the entire album as a whole before we move on to the singles from their second album. So here it is, McFly's freshman album. Let's do it. Room on the Third Floor. So this album, the very first album, they're such babies. They were like 17 when it came out. And I have some facts about it. It's um, So the album itself was released July 5th, 2004. It became number one in the UK albums chart, breaking the world record of being the youngest band with the number one album since the Beatles. Their album sold over 61,000 copies in the first week it was released. It went platinum twice. And it won Best Album in 2004 Smash Hits Awards. Very accomplished for being 17 years old. Right. When I was 17, I graduated high school. And that was the epitome of accomplishments I ever achieved. I didn't even do that. I didn't graduate until I was 18. So when I was 17, I did literally nothing. Slacker. I am. (laughs) (laughs) I am indeed. So Stephanie and I thought that the way that we would do this episode is by we have each named our top five favorite songs. We have not shared them with each other yet. And we were just going to go in from fifth favorite down to to most favorite uh, and sort of see what songs get discussed that way and um, and then wrap it up. So what was your uh, what was your number five and your top five, Steph? Top five. Number five is Not Alone. Not alone. Yeah. Which I think we discussed earlier and you're like, oh, I love a Danny Solo song. This is not a Danny Danny Solo song. I know. By the way. That occurred to me too when I was like (laughs) re-listening to the album. I think I think of it as a Danny Solo song, uh, right? Like Don't Know Why or Walk in the Sun um, from later albums because he sings it solo a lot. Yeah. In concerts and things. And also because like famously, this is one I think that he wrote on his own. But yeah, like I was listening to it again and I was like, wait a minute, that's Tom in the second verse. <laughs> but yeah, so you're right. And and it did not make it in my top five. And I wonder if it would have if it was a Danny Solo song like it was in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Tom ruined it, everyone. You heard it here first. Samantha thinks Tom ruined not alone. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Gotta stand by Danny sometimes. <laughs> Support your mans. <laughs> I can't leave t- Danny for Tom every single time. That, <laughs> you know, sometimes I've got to choose Danny. What was your uh, number five? My number five was obviously. Okay. Okay. I think our lists are going in two different directions, but okay. Is obviously er- earlier in your list? No, it's not on my list at all. Oh, that's funny. Not Alone is not on my list at all. So Okay. Very good. So what about obviously is like, I need this in my top five or I'll die. Golly. I'm going <laughs> to be honest with you, Stephanie. It's time to be honest with you. <laughs> You've been lying to me for 16 years. Right. I don't know any of these songs, actually. I just joined this podcast. Right. I don't even know who McFly is. I frantically Google before every episode so I don't look embarrassing. No, my first, like, two, which I will get to later, were really easy for me. And then the rest of them, with some exceptions, could all sort of interchange a lot, right? Like, okay. you know, like, so I, I put obviously as number five, but, like, that doesn't mean... 
that I really like love it that much more than number six or like that much less than number four, right? Like in my, my brain with this album, there's like my top, top, top fave. And then like a couple that like I skip almost every single mm-hmm. time. And then the rest of them are all kind of equal to me. Okay. Uh, so there's really like no humongous reason why obviously is number five and not number four or number six. Okay. And I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on the song itself because we have a whole episode dedicated to it. So. Right. Okay. Here is my hypothesis, just because I know you as a person and that number five is obviously for you. Is your top five more like surf rock poppy? Oh yeah, 100%. Do you have any slow songs on there? Not a single one. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Because I have two slow songs on mine and Not Alone is one of them. That's so funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, that is really funny. Yeah, I bet you, like, the the songs I always skip on this album are in your top five. Probably. Like, which is not to say that I don't appreciate a slow jam, which is not to say that I don't have slow McFly songs that I absolutely love, but they're not on this album. Yeah. Like, all my favorite songs from this album are, like, like the kinds that you want to, like, wiggle and jump and dance to, for sure. Um, Is that because all the slow songs that you like and never skip are sung by Danny Jones only? No. (laughs) That is not true at all. <laughs> okay, so not alone. My number five, obviously, Sam's on the number five. Number four. My number four was Saturday Night. Oh my god, my number four was Saturday Night. Oh! <laughs> what? <laughs> we mad. <laughs> Tell me more about your feelings for Saturday Night. So I realize as a feminist and as an adult woman that this song is very problematic. Oh my god, I know. Let's talk about consent, lads. (laughs) Very problematic. But I do enjoy it because it brought me back to when I first discovered McFly and um, was downloading all of their songs on LimeWire. But, like, Saturday Night was, like, it's that one song in the album that just makes you want to, like, go to a high school party. And it's like, oh my god, is this all high school parties? Like, that's cool. High school, if you don't know, People Across the Pond is our secondary school. And... I never went to a high school party. <laughs> not, <laughs> not like this. Not like, right. well, I never went, like, I was in theater and we would have, like, cast parties and stuff. And of like, we played ninja and, like, we didn't drink and we weren't, like, getting laid behind the shed or anything. So, yeah, I guess I didn't go to parties like this, but, like, mm-hmm. I wanted to. And I'm like, right. these sound really cool. <laughs> and, like, right. my parties didn't have drinking and stuff at them. Like, normal, like, high school parties that you see in movies and stuff. That wasn't my high school experience, but it was somebody's, just wasn't mine. Right. But, like, this song made me want it to be my high school experience. Yeah, uh, like, I, this song I really enjoy partially, as we mentioned a minute ago, right? Like, I just really like those sort of, like, poppy, like, uh, like, like fast-moving songs, like Saturday Night. But I think I also really like it because it reminds me of how young they are. And, uh, and like, and during the time of this, this album and, and like how young I was when, when we listened to it. Right. Yeah. Something that really appeals to me about the song is that it reminds me of how young that they, they were, you know, and, um, and how young I was when I was first listening to it. Right. Like there's that line in there. That's like, there's no one there to check if you're underage. Right. Which cracks me up now that I haven't been underage for, <laughs> for a really long time. And, and so I, you know, like I partially just really like this song because it, it's, it feels of a different time, right? Like, I'm just, like, like imagining them performing this song as, like, 30-year-olds, right? It's really <laughs> I I don't know if they've, like, performed this song. Oh, no, they have. So, on the 10-year tour album they did at Wembley, 
was it Wembley? No, um, Albert Hall. They did perform this song. And the only reason I remember it, because it was a Sunday night when they performed it and on the recording, and Danny at the end was like, everyone likes to party on a Sunday night. And I was like, that's not the lyrics, but okay, go off, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it ages completely well, but it clearly still made both of our top fives. Yeah. Right, like with, with that line, right, that's like, you know... Better find a girl you like, better hope, you know, like... Better hope she's hope already she's drunk, already drunk. Right, and I'm like, oh my god, right? Like, you you know, you write that song uh, in 2004, it means it, it was not good then either, but I think that, like, there's a climate now that would make that song, that would never write that line today. Right. If they were writing that song right now. There is, there's a little bit of, of wincing there, but, uh, but again, I just love those fast moving songs. Yep. I like it, because it makes you want to wiggle, too. So... Number three. Mine was She Left Me. No. It was. Oh, my God. She Left Me is in my, like, bottom five. I skip that (laughs) song almost every single time. That is hilarious. I think there's only one song on this album that I I skip more than I skip She Left Me. I hope that one's not on your top five either. (laughs) I hope it is. I don't know why, like, so I noticed the theme when I was writing down my top five was that all of these songs in my top five have a guitar solo. Mm -hmm. I don't, I like, I just like listening, like, I think people who are gifted on the guitar should get the guitar solos, and these boys are definitely gifted on the guitar, and I love listening to those guitar solos, and I don't know, just like, She Left Me was just like, it's relatable. I think She Left Me super Mm -hmm. relatable. And that, like, you know, you don't know what you did, but the person that you're super into, like, left right. you. The, even, like, the beginning of the songs, like, she left me, she told me, don't worry. Like, the other person who's breaking up with you is like, don't worry. Like, it's not you, it's me. Like, it still, it still right. sucks. It does. It does <laughs> suck. And I think it gets at, like, what is at the heart of this album, right? Which is girls, right? <laughs> and, like, trying to get a right. girlfriend and, like, not being able to. And, like, that's in a lot of these songs, including that one. I'm like, man, to be the girl that turned down Tom Fletcher or Danny Jones in high school. Yeah. But they're embarrassed now. I mean, I would like a song written about me. Even if it was a negative song? Even if it was She Left Me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She Left Me? Like, that song's about me. Like, my first date. But, like, you know that McFly song, She Left Me? You probably don't because you're American, but it's about me. (laughs) I would be so ashamed. Right. Like I like I'd be like, oh god. Right. Like like if you got asked out by Danny Jones in high school and you're listening to this right now and you said no, I hope you spent the like the last twenty years of your life regretting that. <laughs> I hope you still kick yourself. I mean, he could have been, you know, annoying. We don't know. Right. I mean we've seen pictures. I get it. He could not he could not but <laughs> still like aren't they sorry now? Who's laughing now, <laughs> high school girls? Who's laughing now? I would definitely regret one of them asked me out in high school and I was like, no. I would regret it now because they're so good looking now. I'd be like, oh, man. Um, which reminds me when I was a kid, my my brothers one of my brother's ex-girlfriends told me, she's like, always go for the ugly ones because they get handsomer when they get older. Right? Like, I think we talked about this when we talked about obviously too, right? Which is about, we know that is a, that's about G and right. And it's like G like had like some pretty good instincts, right? Cause like, look mm-hmm. at Tom now. 
you know, and I think about that all the time. Like my mom and I watched Just My Luck not that long ago, right? The movie that they were all in in 2006. And mom was like, she has no idea like about McFly in general and doesn't know what they look like now and you know, whatever. But we were watching this movie and she was like, oh, like that one's the cutest. And she like pointed to Tom in like 2006. And I was like, boy, howdy, do I have a surprise for you (laughs) to, like, show her Tom now versus 2006 Tom? I think older people, like, I think older people, like, parents and stuff can, like, tell who is going to be good looking when they get older and who's just going to be gross. So your mom probably was tapping into that ability, like, oh, he's going to be a handsome boy. He's really cute, like, right Mm -hmm. now. You know what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. Everyone, like, everyone has a crush on Tom. Everyone. Everyone has a crush on Tom. Everyone. Like, they don't even have to, like, know his name and be like, oh, he's really attractive. Right. I'm pretty sure my sister has said that before because of my McFly posters on my wall. Mom approved. Mm-hmm. Sister approved. Tom. Yeah. Tom. You know, everybody except for that girl who left him in the She Left Me song. <laughs> and the girl in my top three, my number three, is Broccoli, which has a similar oh, yeah. theme, right? <laughs> Um, where she like calls to cancel her date with Tom, and I'm like, mm, aren't, like, aren't you sorry? <laughs> like, <laughs> wish you knew then what you know now, don't you? <laughs> speaking of that song, speaking of um, especially like right the line where she calls to cancel, uh-huh. I definitely thought that the song was like about sex for the longest time, right? Like, which is not to say that it's like not. Oh, yeah, for sure. Got, like, some sexual undertones, right, or whatever. Like, it's clearly about, like, romance or whatever. But, but like, I thought, like, Broccoli, like, I thought the whole thing was, like, a euphemism, right? Like, some giant metaphor. And it, you know, and it took me until, like, now, right? Like, listening to this album over and over and over again, uh, preparing for this episode to be like, wow, this song is literally just about a guy cooking a girl dinner, right? <laughs> like, right. Like, I thought the same thing, too. Like, I thought Broccoli was, like, she's coming over to have sex with you, not to eat your broccoli that you cooked for her. Right, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I thought the same thing, and even, like, in we watched that um, third floor documentary that was on Super City, Mm -hmm. and Tom mentions that, because they talk about, like, some of the stuff that they did in the early years was super weird, but, like, the song Broccoli, like, why would you have a song entitled Broccoli? And he's like, you know, it's literally just about a guy cooking a girl dinner and he's like i like the beginning of that song even though it's kind of right like he's like i called it broccoli (laughs) because there's the first line (laughs) (laughs) but i did like i thought this was like you know i think it was partially because right the line like uh she didn't know that i'm a virgin in the kitchen right so like virgin already had me thinking about like sexual encounters and like losing your virginity and then when she calls to cancel the date right the line is like she called and told me she wasn't coming around for tea which like now just means like hey sorry I'm not I'm not coming around right like I'm canceling our date but like I definitely like when I was like younger right like a kid really like I was a teenager and I heard that song I thought it was like oh I'm not coming around for tea right like winky face right like like it's not tea that has me coming over Tom right so like I just thought this whole thing right it's your broccoli stock right yeah like some secret euphemism uh, like because like that's what a lot of songs are right like when you're right when you're a teenager especially you're like listening to some songs you know and you're singing them and whatever whatever because they're catchy and then when you get older you're like oh my god this song is filthy right right you know and like so it never happens that the song is like less filthy than you thought it was right like my sister my sister's six years older than me 
And so she would be listening to a lot of songs when she was a teenager and I was seven. I don't know if anybody knows the boy band O-Town, but they were like a boy band back in the early 2000s. And they have a lot of sexual songs I was like singing along to when I was seven. And I don't know, like my mom was like super Christian back then, so I don't know why she didn't stop us. But, um, but yeah, like look, like now I listen to those songs and like a bunch of other songs I used to listen to when I was a kid too. And, um, a lot of sexual stuff. So yeah, you're right. Like, you know, you don't like listen to a song. And they're like, Oh, this literally means that he's cooking her dinner and he doesn't cook. Right. It's like <laughs> more, it's so much more wholesome than I, than I thought it was as a kid. Right. Cause like even like, right. Like people that are our, our age now were like maybe like 10 or 12 when they were singing in sync. Right. And the backstreet boys right. and like those songs, right. Where it's like, am I sexual? Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, like but you're like 11 <laughs> And you're just like, yeah, you know, so like, I just assumed, right, that this song was filthy. Um, and then like, now I'm like, oh, no, he's just, he doesn't know how to cook for this girl. And then she cancels his date. And he's really sad about it. Right. <laughs> Do you think, because we discussed like, when we were discussing five colors in our hair, how like, we were like, oh, bone hair is actually an American thing. Are Americans like, more dirty? than, like, British people. I think the stereotype is the opposite. I always thought the stereotype was opposite, too, but, like, as we're, like, talking more about this and, like, literally the song Broccoli, we thought it was about sex, is actually just literally him cooking her dinner. <laughs> and But we have NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and O-Town from America, like, talking about, like, sex in their songs for tweens. Right. Are, are stereotypes correct? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I think the answer here is that Tom is perfect <laughs> and that we should not judge him like we judge these other songwriters. I think that's just a question we should probably think about. Like, are we wrong? I do think British people are more open than American people are, for sure. Mm -hmm. like, we were raised in the Bible Belt, too, right? Like, right. sex yeah. and stuff yeah, there's a lot was of, just... A lot of Puritan in our Yeah, culture. a lot of Puritan. So, like, sex and stuff was just, like, so... We don't talk about that. And that's sounds... mm -hmm. So, like, I think us being into McFly and probably thinking and also like not even just like just McFly like we came from listening to Busted to McFly and like they're filthy so but I think you just made a really good point right I think what you just you just said something that just like unlocked it in my brain is like right you're like coming from like the sort of like Bible Belt like evangelical culture right where it's like we don't talk about this in this house right Every single thing, like every, you know, like in certain American subcultures, including the one that you and I were raised in, right? Like sex is something that you talk around. The stereotype being that like British culture is like way more open about like, um, like sexuality and nakedness and things like that, right? Like that actually I think proves the point, right? That like we're American listeners and we're like, obviously when you say broccoli, and, like, she's not coming around for tea, you're speaking in some kind of <laughs> sex code, right? Whereas, like, I think McFly would be like, nah, if I was talking about sex, I would just say sex, right? Because, like, busted are filthy, but they're not right. disguising it, right? Like, like they're not making euphemisms that you have to, like, read between the lines. Like, they'll just straight up say, I messed my pants right. when we flew over France, right? Which is, like, a line that, like, shocks me because it's so... In your face. Yeah, so blatant, right? It's not disgu disguised as something. So, like, I'm used to, like, I think right. looking between the lines. And so I hear a song like Broccoli, and I'm like, okay, I'm reading between the lines that this is about sex. But, like, if it were really about sex, the line would be, like, she told me she wanted to come over and have sex. <laughs> right? You know? 
So also like our um, the way we were raised is so like forbidding of sex. It inadvertently makes us I don't want to say sex obsessed, but like we're looking for sex when there shouldn't be any sex. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you're we're, yeah we're always sort of like trying to read between the lines, right? And, like, right. This song was not written in that kind of mindset, right? Like it's like no, this is about dinner. It's if it were about sex, I would say it was about sex. Yes. Good morning to everyone except for the girl who canceled her date to Tom. <laughs> And broccoli. <laughs> um, so we're on number two, right? Number two. Number dos. My number two was that girl. Mine too. Is this a pattern? <laughs> and sometimes sometimes we do have things in common. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that doesn't surprise me about us, right? Because no. we like we're very like we both really love that girl. We like gushed mm-hmm. about it a lot. Yeah. Um our number ones are almost certainly different, right? But our number two, like that makes sense. Like that that that, that song is high up for both of us because, as we established in our third episode, we loved that song. Oh, yeah. It was my favorite single on Absolutely this album. my favorite single. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to go into huge detail because we have a whole episode. If you have not heard it, please go listen to it. Go back. <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> go back and listen. Um, so, number one. Do you want to try to guess each other's number one? Drum roll. Um, okay, I'm okay. going to get it wrong. I need the list in front of me. Hold on. I got uh, I want the list of the songs in front of me. I'm like 95% confident I know what yours is. I think that I'm 95% confident that you know mine because I think I've told you before. Right. But, uh, so it's kind of cheating. I don't know. I don't, I think it's just me paying very good attention to my best friend, actually. Like, so. I think you're going to get it right. <laughs> okay, I think maybe I have a guess for yours, but. Okay, so. Wait, which one? Let me go through your top five again and make sure I can rule some out. Okay. So, okay. Uh, it was Not Alone, Saturday Night, yep. um, She Left Me, and That Girl. So it's none yep. of those songs. Can I guess your number one first? Okay. Yeah, I have a guess for yours. But yeah, go ahead. Guess mine. Yours is Surfer Babe. It is absolutely <laughs> Surfer Babe. Yes. As a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say time will prove me right as we uh, as we go through the rest of uh, McFly's discography. I would go so far as to say that Surfer Babe is probably in my top five of McFly songs ever. Really? That's a yes. big statement. I know. That's a huge statement. That's a, like time will prove me right or wrong, but I don't think it's probably it's probably not top three, but it is probably top five okay. um, of McFly songs ever. I love Surfer Babe, hands down, the top one on this album. Why do you love Surfer Babe? Um, I think truthfully, it's not like a super deep or interesting reason. Um, I think I love it because it's fun to sing and it's kind of hard to sing, uh, but then once you get the hang of it, it's really really fun. Right. So, uh, right. Like I love it for the same reason that like, I also love singing, right. Some like really fast paced country songs, right. Where it's like, you know, Jolene, Jolene. Well, no, not like that one. Like, um, oh God, it's like John Michael Montgomery's got one. That's like, um, go in once, go in twice, sold to the lady in the second row. She's an eight, oh, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. I know. You know, like that really, like you have to like, it's like, you know, it's really satisfying when you're singing along and you get the words right. And I think Surfer Babe clicks that same like pleasure center in my brain when I get it right, right where it's like, you know, like, um, I want to surfer, babe, I hope I'm not a little too late, I never know what you're gonna say, you don't think you're my type, but you are, but you are, but you are, you know, I just, you know, I like, yeah. it's sort of got this like, these like lyrics that like run into each other, right, yeah. like in poetry it would be called enjambments, right, like, where it's like, but you are, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get through this thing that I've been feeling for you, don't think I know your name. You know, and so with yeah. like that, where that you is like the end of one sentence to the beginning of the other. 
It's very, very fun to sing, uh-huh. which I think is primarily why it's my fa- one of my favorites of all time and my favorite on this album is because, like, whenever I hear it, I never skip it, and I always turn it up, and I just want to, like, scream it, right? Or, and if I mess up the lyrics, like, I want to go back until I get it right. And so it's a song that I'll sometimes end up listening to, like, three times in a row. <laughs> I love it. I, love I, it. I, like, I like Surfer Babe. I do. I always thought it was about infidelity, too. Me too. <laughs> Tell me. Let's talk about that. I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, me too. Because like he says a line in there that's like, I left her in bed with the book that she read or something like that. And he's going to go find a surfer babe. Isn't that yeah. like the first verse or something? Yeah, it is. Right. It's like, uh, you know, it's like a quarter to, you know, a quarter to four. We're hanging out at the pizza place. You know, we've all got our boards later on. We're going to catch some waves. Well, that's what I said when I left her in bed with the book she read and the radio on, but the truth be told, I just wanted me to surf her babe. And I was like, oh my God, did you leave your girlfriend at home to like go? <laughs> and like, the her is unclear because the her never comes back. Yeah. Right? It's like sort of a throwaway sentence. It's also a song, right, as we've established, with a very fast tempo. Yep. So like, they just like, they fly over that, you know? So it's like, but like, yeah, like I also like, whenever <laughs> I hear this like first verse, I'm like, it's like, I left her in bed implies a girlfriend, right? Like, it could be like, bye, mom. I'm going to, like, hang out with the guys at the beach. But, like, why would you say I left my mom in bed? Like, even even if she was, right? Like, that's not how you would say it. So, like, and right, but they're young enough that they, like, right? Because they have other songs on this album that are about moms and dads. Right, like, right? Saturday so, like, night. They're young enough that it could be a parent, right? Which we wouldn't be thinking of if they were, like... This was, like, their albums that they wrote when they were older, you know? So they're young enough that, like, it could be, like, well, I told my mom I was meeting up with the guys to go surfing, but what I really wanted to do was, like, flirt with this girl at the beach. But, like, the line itself is pretty (laughs) ambiguous and, like, implies, like, romance at least a little. Yeah. So, like, I also always thought it was about some dude, like, stepping out on his girlfriend for, like, this hot surfer, which is rude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go on record and say, rude. (laughs) Rude. You can quote me. Print that. But it does not diminish the love of my love of this song. Oh, no. No. Yeah, because I think every time, like, since we've been, like, talking about the singles on this album, I think every time you have a conversation about Room on the Third Floor, you're like, oh, my God, Super Babe. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I love Super Babe. I do. It is, like, you know. I think when, you know, once we've gotten, like, some of these, some of their other albums under our belt, we should, we should revisit and be like, okay, top five favorite. They fly songs now that we've had this like whole experience in this journey together. Yeah. Um, and we'll see if it makes a list. But I, 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 I think right now it would probably be in my top five. Okay. All right. So what's your guess for my? My guess is, I think I'm wrong, but this is my guess. Okay. Is Down by the Lake. It is! Uh, yes! <laughs> yes! Sweet! Sweet! I want you to cut the part where I said I think I'm wrong. Nope. Mm. I'm putting it in there. Oh. <laughs> Yes! Is it because of the is it because of the star on my foot and the way I behave? Yeah, that's it. So I have so my very first tattoo I got when I was eighteen was um a big bolded star on my foot on the top of my foot because of Tom Fletcher. It's the exact same tattoo you guys. The exact tattoo. But just because I got that tattoo, one, because ever since I was 15, I was like, I'm going to get this tattoo on my body. Like, nobody can stop me. And um, I did. Like, the day after my 18th birthday, I went to the tattoo shop. And I was like, put it on. Put it there. And um, it just means so much to me. It's probably, I have six tattoos. It's probably, like, my favorite. 
It's also my favorite of your tattoos. It's actually my mom's least favorite. <laughs> That's funny. She's like, I just don't understand why you have a star on your foot. It doesn't do anything with your personality because I have... A- Oh my god, she doesn't get it, mom. She doesn't get it. Mom does not get it. But also, when does she ever? <laughs> mom never gets it. It's about McFly, mom. But, um, and also I like it because it means so much to me because of McFly, but also it's like kind of a tattoo where people don't know. It's like a McFly tattoo at first. They're just like, oh, cool. This girl has a tattoo on the top of her foot. Cool. So Down by the Lake is my number one because I think it's also a fun song to sing. And the tattoo is referenced in it. I, I I agree. I think Down by the Lake is really fun to sing. I, I had it in my top five for like a hot minute when I was making my list today. And like Surfer, Babe, and That Girl were always like one and two. And then the rest of like the last like three, four, and five feel kind of random to me. Yeah. Like, so there's not really a reason, right? That like I was saying earlier, right? That like Saturday night is number like four and not Down by the Lake. You know, like I just sort of like played them side by side earlier today and was like, I think I like singing Saturday Night more, but, like, I also really like Down by the Lake. Yeah, Down, the lake, down by the Lake is, like, my, is, is basically my my surfer babe, right? Which makes right. sense, because they're both our number ones. Like, I think it's really fun to sing, like, you better get home, because your daddy's away, so you saw you last night making out by the lake, and it's like... <laughs> With a boy that he hates, doesn't look at me the same way that you do! Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> Saturday Night's out, Down by the Lake in. But yeah, I really like Down by the Lake. I think it's really catchy. And also, there was another theme with my top five that I didn't realize this until um, I was, like, researching the album for the Fast Facts and stuff. Not only do they all have guitar solos, which I think I mentioned earlier, but they also, three out of five of them were co-written by James Bourne. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should have looked that up for mine, too. I would have been interested to know, like, if there were a theme for, like, who wrote mine. James helped write That Girl, Down by the Lake, and She Left Me. And um, you'll probably hear more about this because I love James Bourne so much. He is so talented. His lyrics are always so catchy. I think, did we talk, did I talk about this with like you and Kathleen? Yeah, because we had to explain who James Bourne was. To Kathleen. Yeah. So I you've you've heard my spiel about James Bourne, but I love him so much and I just think it's funny that in my top five, three of them are co written by him. And I was like, on brand. Very on brand. That is really funny because um like none of those songs are in my top five except for that girl. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the other four were not co written by James. I assume that means that they were written by just Danny and Tom. Mm-hmm. But I'd have to like look it up to be sure. But that is really funny, right? Like I would be interested to know, right, if, like... You want to look it up real quick? Mostly I want to know, like, right, if they wrote it together. If it was, like, these are songs that Tom wrote by himself and then later shared with Danny or vice versa. Right? It would be hilarious if they were all Danny songs. <laughs> There's a theme. Tom, Danny, and James also co-wrote, obviously, according to Google. Okay. So James helped with that one. Oh, my God! This says that Harry helped write Saturday Night. Aww. And Dougie. Good job, guys. <laughs> Mostly I just want to know who wrote Surfer Babe. This says it was written by James and Tom. Danny didn't even help. Woo! My <laughs> boy, Jay Bourne! <laughs> Danny didn't even help. That was just James and Tom writing Surfer Babe. Just for me to be like, woo! <laughs> and then it says James, Danny, and Tom also wrote Broccoli. So James helped on a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I think I think I know the ones that are, like, most famously, like, written by Danny by himself. Yeah. Uh, we learned that James helped write, like, most of our top fives. I think James helped write most of the album, to be fair. He did, because he's amazing, and I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Ch- 
check out my other podcast where I just talk about my love for James Bourne. <laughs> it's just Stephanie. It's called James Madness. <laughs> it's literally just Stephanie being like, James, 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 James. I love James. I do. I think he's very talented. I don't, like, we've talked about how we're not musically inclined at all. And so we don't really know how to talk about music and, like, guitar playing and, like, drumming and all that. But I think lyrically, like, I think James' lyrics are great. Like, I think they're really good. And so he helped a lot with this first album, which is great because he likes to help his friends. So I would, I think he helps later on in albums, too. Yeah, they do a lot of co-writing together. Yeah, so I would be interested to see, like, so we're going to keep doing this top five thing for, like, the album episodes of the podcast. So I'd be interested to see if um, my top five keeps including James, <laughs> co-written songs, or... <laughs> Basically, all in all, all you need to learn from what we just talked about is I love James Bourne. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you that, that James is... Like a great lyricist, um, I really, I really enjoyed Busted. I really enjoyed um, his work in like Son of Dork and stuff too. And so like his his handiwork is all over this album. But I think also really exciting to me in this album is like seeing the like the lyricists that Tom and Danny would become. Yeah. Right. You know, like I feel like you can start you can sort of start seeing like some of their like patterns and some of their like you know like preferences um, mm-hmm. even in this early album. Like, their sound has changed in some ways pretty significantly over the years, but mm-hmm. I can still, like, see, like, these, like, little seeds of of the people that they would, co- like, become and their, like, little teenage selves. Yeah. Little babies. But, um, record-breaking album. It was their freshman album. Good job, boys. They did a great job. I'm really proud of them. Yeah. I like them a lot. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Whatever. They're okay. They're all right. All right. <laughs> for joining us on our uh, top five of Room on the Third Floor. Let us know what your top five is. Feed at us. We have an official Twitter. If you don't know, it's at Miku Podcast. And we are also on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Miku the Podcast for all platforms. And I post a lot of pictures of McFly and we also run the McGuy segment where we post screenshots of us sending lyrics to internet matches and them having no idea that that's what we're doing. <laughs> if you want to follow us personally, our, my personal Twitter is Steph underscore to do T-O-D-O. And I'm on Twitter at Sam underscore Edmonds 122. And if you like what you hear and like what we're doing, please leave a review and a star or rating. I don't know what platforms have i know full podcast has stars but leave a rating and a comment or review uh and let us know what you think looking forward to hearing from you thanks for listening bye bye better than the beatles no <laughs> You don't think McFly's better than the Beatles? Um, I don't want classic, uh, or the Beatles classic rock? What are they? I don't want classic music fans coming at us saying, No! No! The McFly can never do what the Beatles did! But they <laughs> the did. Beatles, no, they didn't, because the Beatles broke America, McFly have not. Oh, touche.
<laughs> Rip.